Blog Talk Radio. W-I-J-S-F dot com. Women in Jazz South Florida, Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC.
Hello? Hi, Donna. Good afternoon. Yes. Oh, Hi, I was Jennifer. on mute. I was on mute, so I have to introduce myself again because people couldn't hear me. Uh, I had internet trouble. That's why I'm a little off schedule. So today my guest is Donna Wang Friedman. You just listened to her solo piece, her music, her story, which I believe has another title. So Donna, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Joan. Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful radio show. Thank you for being here. Now, I have some questions, and if you would give me the short answer, and then we could move on. So how did you come to music as a child? Well, um, it's not really a short answer, but I can tell you this. I was born and raised in Forest Hills, Queens. I'm Chinese-American, and my parents were both from China. And they came to this country um, after fleeing their hometown uh, during the 1940s during the Japanese occupation. They came here with nothing and worked very hard to give me a life filled with opportunity. When I was six years old, I had a pet parakeet named Greenspot, and he died, and I was heartbroken. Uh, and my parents, who always, you know, uh, were very loving and supportive, they, they really believe, as I do, that music is healing. And they bought a spinet piano, and I started to take lessons from the local piano teacher. And the first piece that they taught me, that she taught me, was a piece called First Loss by Robert Schumann. And I connected it right away because I had just experienced my first loss, losing my parakeet. And in my first piano recital, I performed this piece, First Loss, and I teared up. And I understand that several people in the audience teared up as well. And it was, it was like a lightning bolt moment to me because I was a very shy little girl and I realized that I could express myself much better through music than any other way. So at the age of seven, I went to the Juilliard School pre-college division. And for 10 years, I learned and loved music, theory, ear training, history. Um, and and that's, that's the story of how I started to my life in music. Okay, so the next question is, did you study music theory, which you just told us that you did? Now, do you write music? Do you compose music? Well, okay. I, the, the truth is I don't compose music because I don't compose music that I think is any good. I, as a child, when I was growing up, I used to compose music secretly. I didn't want to share it with anybody because I was very insecure. And also, I didn't have any female role models. Back then, I grew up, you know, in the 70s, and I didn't know about any, um, you know, women composers. I played all music by, you know, 
the, the male, the, the, you know, famous male composers. And uh, so I didn't realize really that I could be a composer, but really I, I, uh, I don't compose at least not music that's, that I would share anyway. <laughs> so have you recorded? Yes, I have actually recorded. Um, and I've actually recorded um, uh, on, on, uh, on WQXR for my series, Her Music, Her Story, which shines a light on the lives and the music of women composers past and present. Mm-hmm. Now, could you name some of these women? Yes. Well, you very kindly opened the show with my performance of Cécile Chaminade's piece called Les Sylvains. Uh, and if I may tell you a little bit about her, her story is quite Please. remarkable. Cécile Chaminade uh, was born in Paris, and she was, believe it or not, one of the most celebrated composers of her day in the late 1800s, male or female. She was the first woman ever to win the French Legion of Honor Award. Queen Victoria awarded her with the Jubilee Medal, and President Theodore Roosevelt invited her to play at the White House. You know, people in this country loved her music so much that they created over 200 Chaminade clubs with the sole purpose of playing her music. But by 1944, at the age of 87, one wonders why Cécile Chaminade died alone and her music completely forgotten. And it turns out that, you know, in uh, 1908, after her Carnegie Hall concert, she received a really scathing review from a very notable from the New York Evening Post. And in it, he wrote, this concert uh, shows us what many of us already believe to be true, that although women may one day vote, they will never be able to create any music that is worthwhile. Now, after that review, there were so many others that followed suit, and slowly but surely, her career faded. And I have to say that it is so sad that gender bias, the reason for Cecile Chaminade's fall. My goodness. What a story. Oh, yes. And it's and, every and the story is the same for women in general. Because Mary Lou Williams was the mother of Bebop. Right. She was the mother of Bebop, but she got no credit for that. You know? Yep. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. So absolutely. We have a caller and I always like to let the caller come in. Hello. Someone's Hello. calling from 86. Hi. State your name. Hey. Where you're calling from. Hey, <laughs> my name is Robert Logan. I'm calling mm-hmm. from California. Okay, Robert um, Logan. 
That name sounds very familiar to me. Hmm. Yeah, that's because this is my grandson. grandson? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, say hello to Donna. <laughs> Hey, Hi, Robert. Doing, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you also. I'm listening to this okay. wonderful podcast. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in, and I'm going to continue. Okay, Robert? Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I like <laughs> to acknowledge my caller. So, Donna. You do this program, Her Music, Her Story. So, Cecile Chaminade, name another woman that you cover. Well, another woman composer, extraordinary female woman composer, who I think is just um, an incredible role model, is Florence Price. Florence Price okay. was born, she was born in 1887 in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, she was the first African-American female composer ever to have a symphony performed by a major orchestra in the United States. She, she had that opportunity because she won a major competition. Now, um, from what I understand, she studied music when she was little with her mother. And the reason that she studied with her mother was because none of the leading white teachers in town at that time would take her. And in 1904, Florence Price enrolled in the New England Conservatory in Boston, which was one of the few music schools to accept black students at the time. Brilliant, not just in music, but in academics. She received two diplomas. Um, and uh, when she moved to Chicago, which is where she won that competition, you know, she thought that her career was going to soar. You know, she received rave reviews from that concert with her symphony uh, being performed by the Chicago Symphony. And audiences loved, loved her music. But even with that success, she continued to struggle and scraped to make ends meet by writing pop tunes and accompanying silent films. Uh, So in 1943, she decided to write to um, a very famous conductor, uh, Maestro Sergei Kusevitsky, who was at that time a conductor of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. And in her letter, she acknowledged that she had two handicaps. She said, first, I am a woman, and second, I'm African-American. But I would ask you to listen to my music and judge it by merit alone. She never heard back from him. So these are some not of the yes, not not surprising. Yeah, but I will say this: there is a resurgence of interest in her music, especially since uh, a few years ago, in a, an abandoned house on the outskirts of Chicago. Apparently, it was a house that she used to summer in. 
they recently discovered 30 boxes containing some 200 compositions of hers, of Florence Price, including her fourth symphony. And it's like a treasure trove of incredible music. Um, and her music, I, I, I will tell you, I, um, I, I fell in love with her music not even knowing who she was. I listened to it not knowing it was, the, it was written by a female composer, not knowing she was black, based solely on her music. And I was overwhelmed by the beauty. So did you record any of her music? Yes, and I believe I sent you a recording of um, one of her art songs uh, called Night. Um, and, it's, uh, and that's with uh, soprano Indira Mahajan. She's an amazing singer. Um, and uh, the song is based on a poem by Louise C. Wallace. May I read the poem to you briefly? Please, yes. Okay. Night by Louise C. Wallace. Night comes. A Madonna, rose red her mouth and deep her eyes. She lights her stars and turns to where beneath her silver lamp the moon upon a couch of shadow lies a dreamy child, the wearied day. So I'm going to play the piece now, okay? Wonderful.
That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, what is the vocalist name? You're doing an event with her uh, yeah, coming that's up. That's right. That's right. Um, that's March so 21st, Sunday, Sunday at 10 o'clock, 1, 1 p.m. Eastern, Sounds of Coherence, the Healing Unifying Power of Women's Stories and Music with Donna Wang, pianist, Indira Mahajan, soprano, and the host and director of performance arts is Kathleen Riley. So tell us how this came about. Well, um, so Indira and I uh, have been, you know, working together on on, um, on music by women of color, you know, um, I'm Chinese American and uh, Andira is Indian and black. And together we feel that our stories and the stories of, you know, BIPOC female composers are not only worth sharing, but are important, especially during this time. Um, a year ago, spring, last March, uh, I was assaulted uh, for being Asian. And as you know, over the last year, we have had uh, an increase of hate crimes against the Asian community and most recently some horrific attacks. And, you know, we are all devastated by this. Um, Last year, yes, it is. and, and, And I do believe, I do believe that we, if we come together through music, through stories, you know, we can lift each other up and we can heal and, and Kathleen, I do want, um, and uh, Joan, I want to thank you for inviting me to your community today uh, because your community is based on music and the power of music is, is extraordinary and it is the universal language. So thank you for having me with your community. Um, well, thank you for, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come. And I do want to extend the invitation for you to join our organization even though it says women in jazz south florida i have covered women from all genres of music we have a magazine that is in its third issue we have 200 musicians in our organization and it's just growing in our 14th year so I really would, I, I don't want to, um, I want to invite you, you know. I don't want to Thank you. neglect Thank that. You so much. But and I want to promote this for Sunday. Uh, so Kathleen said in the, on Facebook that the link will be available on Sunday morning. Okay. So I will definitely post this to my membership. Okay, and then she sent me the Awake TV network. So that's great. And communication is so important, particularly for women and people of color. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, what's going on, this has got to be the end of it. It's got to be the tail end of it. 
you know, because we get what happened in Atlanta is inexcusable. I mean, and they're trying to make excuses for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that is, it is, uh, the hate has to stop. And we have to come together and lift each other up. And this is why Indira and I came together and we had a beautiful conversation with Kathleen and we discussed, you know, all of these, you know, situations where we all strongly feel that music could actually unite all of us together. Um, A a year ago after my incident um, in New York, I created a video series in collaboration with WQXR called Heritage and Harmony, which spotlights the stories and music of leading classical musicians of Asian descent. And, you know, this is something that's very important to me and important also to include the stories and music of AAIP uh, PI musicians as well as BIPOC musicians and especially women. Um, you know, this is our time to have use our voices and speak out and and really start a change because that's what we need. We need change. Well, I just did a presentation for an organization that. I belong to the National League of American Pen Women, and I belong to the Boca branch. My presentation was Blues Women, the First Civil Rights Workers. <laughs> and so I thoroughly understand what you're talking about. Um, but for so long, women's voices have been muffled, stifled. Yeah. Even right now, in Congress, the voices, they're still trying to muffle women's voices. And they should understand that we hold up more than half of the sky. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, absolutely right. So, but, but if women don't step up to the plate, Men will not relinquish power. Right. So women have to step out. They have to do it. And I've been a very vocal female all of my life. I've been ridiculed about it, but I don't care. I have just as much sovereignty as anyone else. Right. So, you know, this this whole patriarchal, mm-mm. no, you have to say no to it. You understand? Yeah. We yeah. all must say no. It cannot go on. And what you're doing, yes, healing is important, but accountability is important, too. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) I agree 100%. So now I also have um, a page on 
Facebook called Women's Her Story. So I want oh. you, yeah, I want you to join that, Women's Her Story. I'll send you the link. I'll invite Wonderful. you, and I want you to, I want you to post whatever you need to post there. Okay. Absolutely. So um, tell me about some of the things that you've done. You were with a symphony when you were very young, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I actually, as I said, I started going to the Juilliard pre-college when I was seven, and I started winning competitions when I was 10. So basically, uh, I, I started having uh, professional engagements um, when I was very young. So the professional engagements, I would win a competition, I would do concerts, and then after the concert, uh, I would get, you know, reviews by music critics. And, you know, I'm very petite. On radio, you can't tell, but I'm four foot 11 inches tall, very small. And when I was growing up, I was even smaller. I, I, I really had to almost stand to, to reach the pedal. Um, but there was mm. something, that bothered, something that bothered me when I was getting all these really very complimentary, encouraging reviews by music critics. Um, a lot of them would, wouldn't sort of focus on my being a small girl. And uh, some of the, the titles, the headlines of the articles would be small girl, great talent. And, you know, obviously that's nothing you know, derogatory about that. But I always wondered why they always had to mention my, my smallness. And my hands are so small, how can she play so fast? Or she's so small, how can she make such a big sound? Um, so my mother was very sensitive to me, and she, and she took me to hear the legendary pianist Alicia De La Rocha, who was four feet nine inches tall. And she was magnificent. I heard her at Lincoln Center and I was blown away. You know, she was just uh, extraordinary. And so I started following her career and her interviews. And she was on an interview, and I thought she was talking to me. She said, don't let anyone tell you that small girls can't become great pianists. Okay. you You know, and so that was, what a role model, right? You know, because... It, it comes in many shapes and forms, you know, you know, and then later on, a couple of years later, I went to hear Mitsuko Uchida, who was the first Asian pianist that I ever heard in concert. And I, you know, I think these, these, you know, experiences really change a young girl's life, you know, role models and being able to see themselves, you know, in the faces of great women. So do you know Bertha Hope? No, I don't. She's the the she is the empress of jazz piano and she lives right on forty third and she is a composer. So I'll put you in touch with her. You should really go and meet her. Okay. Bertha Hope. I would love to Do you know I, Toshiko Akiyoshi. No, sorry, I don't. Okay, well, they're jazz. So you should do some research. And when we talk on 
email, I will send you their names. But they're both in New York. And, you know, I was you know, born in New Orleans. I was born right next to Forest Hills. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I'm Queens, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you something uh, about jazz and me, because I have always wanted to play jazz. But there's something about jazz that I've been fearful of. You know, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't ever be free enough to improvise. I think it's, uh, you know, my the classical training, uh, you know, just was so, so strong that I could never just give into the freedom of imp- improvisation. Um, and I've always wanted to play jazz. So it's never too late for me to learn. So I would love to talk to these women and, uh, and uh, learn more about jazz because I think jazz is an incredible, incredible genre of music. Okay. Well, association a lot of times makes a difference because I was classically trained, but then I've written just a lot of blues and jazz songs pop blues. Now, tell me this. Tell me about the Frames of Life and the Music uh-huh. B Club and David okay. Frost. Okay. Well, Frames of Life is a film documentary about the incredible photographer Ruth Orkin. I don't know if you know any of her photographs, but her most famous um, photograph. It was the American Girl in Italy, but she also did, you know, a lot of uh, took a lot of photographs during um, Tanglewood, the famous uh, music festival of the greatest, greatest uh, musicians and conductors, Leonard Bernstein, Arthur Rubinstein. So I was very fortunate to be the music supervisor as well as the recording artist for the film documentary. It was the first time I'd ever done that. And this is a long time ago before we had laptops and computers to, to do everything, you know, precisely. I did everything in my head and with a cassette recorder trying to make timing and stuff like that and then going to the recording studio. And it's a lovely film. Uh, it's won many awards. Uh, I actually went to Sundance Film Festival. We were nominated. Uh, we didn't win but it was a great experience. And the music is, um, that I performed was all piano, all classical music. And uh, it has, you know, been on PBS, I think, or HBO several times. And um, it's, a, it's a lovely film. Um, the Music Bee Club, when I was home with the kids, I, I got married um, and had two children, you know, and my kids are my life, and I didn't want to, or concertize anymore and so I settled down uh, did concerts in the tri-state area started teaching and I created um, these interactive classical music apps called the Music Bee um, apps Um, this was a time in New York City when uh, you know the performing arts music classes were being cancelled in public schools um and I was very upset about that. Uh, you know, how can children grow up, you know, without art music education? So I created these interactive classical music apps with leading classical musicians. Uh, Carter Bray, who is the 
principal cellist of the New York Philharmonic, uh, Elizabeth Mann, who is the principal flutist of St. Luke's uh, Orchestra. They all recorded with me, and I wrote uh, stories, children's stories, to go with the classical music to teach children how to listen to the inherent storyline of classical music. And uh, my producer was the extraordinary David Frost, who just won his yes. 19th Grammy yesterday or the other day. Okay. okay. I am impressed, okay? <laughs> I am rarely, rarely, rarely impressed. But I'm impressed because he's a star maker. David Frost well, is a star maker. All right. Now, I see that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Go I just ahead. wanted to say that he, he has, he is more than that because he has such an incredible sense of beauty. And he knows, you know, his ears are the, the best set of ears, you know, that anyone can have. And he's a perfectionist and he is just an incredible artist and it is a pleasure and an honor to work with him and be, uh, I call him a good friend. We've known each other for, for decades. I just spoke with him yesterday after he won his 19th Grammy and uh, I teased him. I said, I think he had too many Grammys. He has to start sharing them with his friends. <laughs> <laughs> Will you tell him that the founder of Women in Jazz South Florida holds him in high esteem? Okay. I will we have settle. six CDs of women's music. I would give my eye teeth for him to just listen to them. I'm telling you. But listen, more about you. You performed at Symphony Hall in Shanghai. What year was that? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that was a while ago, um, probably... In the late 18, uh, 1980s, 1990s, that time frame, yeah, it was before I got married because I got married in 1996 and then I stopped performing, uh, concertizing, touring. I performed in New York, New Jersey area, but I didn't want to leave my kids. And when, you know, when the kids were young, especially, and then I would just take them to do concerts during their vacation time, like spring break or winter break, I would perform, I would take them to Florida to perform at the Flagler Museum uh, so we could have a vacation, or to St. Thomas. They had a lovely, lovely concert season in St. Thomas, so I would take the whole family. But uh, when, when I, it was a choice that, you know, a lot of women have to make in their careers. Uh, you can't always have it all. And I, you know, as soon as I got married and wanted to have kids, um, I was, you know, determined to dedicate myself to my kids. They came first. My family came first. But I continued making music. I continued creating music, uh, doing these film documentaries, creating these apps, performing with, you know, incredible colleagues in the New York area. And, and then um, a little bit later, uh, more recently, creating these uh, programs um, uh, for radio broadcast with with in, in collaboration with W2XR. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's now, I spent five months in Shanghai in 2006 oh, really? performing, yeah, at CJW, which is a 
jazz club called Cigar Jazz and Wine, so you can figure out how comfortable that was for a singer. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> in December 2019, I taught for five weeks at the Shanghai Polytechnic University through Broward College. So oh, wow. I've had I've been to China three times and Japan. Uh, wow. But that's those are the only Asian countries that I've been to. But I spent so much time in China that I was able to meet people from all over, you know, the East. Yeah. But uh, it traveling well, they, they is wonderful. They, they must have Oh, I had a ball. I had a ball. They, I had you know, ball. they love music. I am sure they love music mm-hmm. so much. They, you know, the the warmest wonderful audiences, you know, um, and I mm-hmm. also gave master classes there at the Beijing and Shanghai conservatories. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm so happy you, you had those wonderful experiences. And I'm so, I'm so mm-hmm. happy that, you know, you were able to share your, your talent with so many there. That's wonderful. I had a really funny experience because the little trio that they wanted me to play with uh, it wasn't a trio, it was a quintet at a club that I worked at after the first one. And they were scared to death of me. <laughs> they were so scared. <laughs> I think the piano player started drinking <laughs> because I'm a taskmaster musically, you know. Well, listen, I have one more song of yours to play. Prelude, yes. Moon. So set that By up for us. Yes. So this is a very special piece to me because, you know, during the pandemic last year, when we were all sheltering in place, I listened to a lot of music. And um, I heard this gorgeous piece for solo piano, and it spoke to me. I felt instantly connected to it. Uh, and I couldn't understand why, but I, I was, it was very emotional for me. And I, I saw that the title was called Prelude, very simple pre, uh, title that means, you know, before something greater happens. And then I noticed the name of the composer, Beata Moon, who happened to be uh, someone who I knew at Juilliard when I went back to my master's. She and I studied with the same teacher, Adele Marcus. But when I knew her, she was a pianist. So I wanted to know the story behind this prelude. So I reached out to her, and we caught up, and she told me her story. Um, she, she grew up in a traditional Korean-American family in Indiana, uh, where there were very few Asian, Asian-American families. So she felt kind of invisible, and she was, a, you know, a good Korean-American daughter. She studied hard. She practiced piano. She went to Juilliard. But it wasn't until she was an adult, after she took a break from piano performance, that she tr- found her true voice in composition. And this prelude that you're about to hear was her first composition for solo piano. And, you know, I can hear in this music the feeling of self-discovery, finding your voice, and at the end, the contentment of being happy with who you are. Uh, And I love this piece. 
you know, with all my heart, and I, I hope you enjoy my performance of Prelude by Beata Moon. Thank you so much. Here we go. Prelude.
music, the sound of the spheres. How wonderful. So, Donna, what is your next move? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, I have been working on two education programs because I believe that our children are our future. And, you know, we need to educate them, provide especially our girls of color with role models uh, of leading female um, BIPOC role models in all arts. And so I'm working in collaboration with the National Women's History Museum, uh, developing two education programs with uh, the hope of empowering and inspiring school-age girls of color to finding their own voices and also give them a platform so that their voices can be heard and acknowledged. Now tell me, what is B-I-P-O-C? That is Black Indigenous People of Color. Okay. I just didn't know what the I was, but I got it. Well, I'm imploring you to include our organization because I have written 14 books, most of them on women in music. My doctoral dissertation was Women in Jazz, Music Publishing and Marketing. And I encourage all of our composers to put their music in a book. I claim to be the first woman in the world to have a jazz and blues song book. I sent it to the Guinness Book of Records, but of course they ignored me. So we have to do our own thing, Donna, and that's what you're doing. And I want to do it with you. Okay. Okay. Seeing as how you're my homegirl, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do this. Anything that I can do on my end, you know, I have a magazine, I have a website, I have a radio show. My daughter has a television network online. Any way that we can help you with this project, you let me know. Okay? Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Joan. Yes. And we're locked arm in arm with, um, I'm locked arm in arm with an indigenous group of women, matriarchs, that would probably be very interested in the project that you're doing. Okay? And these, okay. these are Native American and Moorish American. So these are black women who claim to be indigenous to this land. Mm-hmm. Okay. They did not come from Africa on a ship. They were here. You understand? You know about those right. women, those people, the Moors? Yes. Yes? Yes, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I look forward to more conversations with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This 
show will be archived in about 15 minutes, and you can share it with others. Now, what is the best website for you? Well, my LinkedIn. I don't have a website. That's something I have been very neglectful uh, about. Um, I, you know, I, I'm too busy doing work, but uh, I do have a LinkedIn, and I, and, I'm a, and I am also on Facebook. So you can, you know, look me up there under my name, Donna Wang Friedman. Excellent. And is your, is your husband a musician? Oh, no, he's a mathematician. Oh, okay. Well, music is math. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my dear. Well, thank you again, and I salute you for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show, and back at you, Joan. I salute you, too. Okay. WIJSF.com Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, 